What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. The promo code is HAM and then the number one, HAM and the numeral one at MyBookie.ag. It's Ease.com and EaseWellness.com with the promo code HAM. Like, serious question. You think the Niners have played in three or four of the best games of the year? I'd say, yeah, it feels like it's right up there. So right. let's talk about this. What, was that, you felt like that, I didn't, watching it today, which is different than watching it live in terms of just, you know, the ebbs and flows and the emotion of it. I had a lot of ease running through me, so I mean, I'm just <laughs> going to be in, living in hyperbole probably. I didn't think that game was as good as either. I thought Saints, Ravens, Niners, Saints. I'm uh, sorry. Those Saints and Ravens games I thought were neck and neck. That game was not on that level to me. The Rams game was not on I'd the say level the one big curveball to make like a truly great game is like part of Clay's 10 three pointers in game six is against OKC. So those two games, the Ravens clinched the one seed. The Saints dominated today against a good Titans team, and they're destined to be a bye team. Those te- the Rams are missing the playoffs. I, I think that if, if I would have told you the Rams were also had 12 wins, like let's say the Rams had been Seattle and were an 11 or 12 win team, I think we would have looked at that game differently when they were 8-6, and six, who a weird 8-6 and six team because you watch them, and you go, God, if Todd Gurley was still good, they would have weapons all over the freaking field. I mean, Robert Woods is good. Higby's good. Cooper Cup's good. Uh, just every dude that they throw to feels good. It's just Gurley kind of stinks. I watched, and then they got Aaron Donald. They got Jalen Ram. I mean, they got star players and the star coach. But I, I'm with you. I would lean those games were, were better. I also think a factor in this is when you have standalone games, they, they just they feel exponentially bigger. So that, that game was probably aided by, if that had been 1 o'clock on a Sunday, I don't think it would have felt the same as being a sun, Saturday night, the equivalent of just Sunday night or Monday night football. Levi's has kind of had a little 
Renaissance feels like it's alive a little bit. How did you just watch it? Uh, Fucking pull. Yeah, no doubt. Resurrection. Uh, well, re- it's got a. It's just. It's has not it ever, a resurrection. It ever, it's a surrection. Yeah, it just kind of started. It's had a. It's had a good. It's it had it's, like okay, this place is is, is a is is a resurrection just a erection resurrected? Is it the erection of? Yeah, but if I get an erection, if I've had 7,000 erections... They're all resurrections. Yeah, so (laughs) I I would say... I I also... Wouldn't you say that... The other thing is, like, to the eyes, have the Rams somewhat been resurrected? Because for most of our life, the Rams have been a laughingstock. Like, they had a little run with the greatest show on turf, but that was also in St. Louis. I don't view the Rams quite like Seattle, definitely not like New Orleans... Even the Ravens, I mean, that feels like you're playing one of the, you know, if you look at it in college football terms, like you're playing in Alabama, you're playing in LSU, you're playing in Ohio State. Doesn't, don't the Rams kind of feel like a, who's kind of like a sexy new team to the mix? It'd be like a Texas A&M. Like they're cool. Like it's on their good years, it's big, but it's like, let's, let's see if they can have like a seven year run of being relevant. I would say they're relevant this year, though. This counts as relevant, not playoff. Yeah, they've had, they've had a three-year run now yeah. with McVay where you think, but let's, can they, if McVay can do this for like seven, eight years, like you can really build in. I don't view it as a rivalry, though it's kind of, it's heading that way, and it's like they've had some good games. But it, it feels, a force is the wrong word because they've played in the division for a while, but if, if for the last 10 years or however long this division's been constituted, whenever they did the realignment, like late 90s, early 2000s or whatever, if they had been in L.A. the entire time, I think we would view this matchup a little bit bigger. Like, don't you think that's why the Seattle Niners, it just fits so perfectly, was like, geographically, they're just right there, kind of similar cities, Carbaugh, Pete, the teams were both, it just kind of worked. It was like, wow, this is a, this fits, this works. Yeah, yeah. It, it just, you couldn't even, it just... And the games, just, just so many big games, one after another. Yeah, it just felt another. perfect. But wouldn't couldn't you argue that like, I think the Saints and Niners got a little something cooking, just over the last decade. They've played and played some big games for sure. It, honestly, whenever the Niners play the Packers, you just a little nostalgic. You're like, God, oh, this this feels a little bit like these two teams on the same field. I just don't quite feel that way with the Rams. But I, having McVay there and even Goff help. Yeah, I I, I think that can germinate into a into an erect flower also just the uh i think i think it's just there's a lot of characters that like the just when you play the packers everything's different but aaron Rodgers is there um i think the thing with the rams is is not just that it's mcveigh and golf but aaron donald specifically feels like such a big part of the whole thing just because he is just a game wrecker you know the character i like added in is Jalen Ramsey just because he never shuts up? It's like I people are like I'm so tired of Jalen. I'm like fuck, I could use like four more of this guy on the field. This guy adds a little juice, a to little the game. legion of bloom flavor. But even yeah, I, he's like a like a dumber version of because he's talking. It's like Jalen, what the fuck are you even talking about? He's like a dumber version of some of those guys, but he's really good. He is good. I mean that pick he made where it's like God damn, you see that guy flying through the air. How tall he is! It was incredible. <laughs> He's huge. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, do you blame them for going? In theory, if you could have upgraded him for like an equal cost, Marcus Peters, given what they paid, they paid a lot for that guy. Like that—that that was to me the bigger moment than the Niners winning yesterday, which it mattered. Now, technically, with Seattle, and we'll dive in later. 
they could have lost that game and been fine. To me, where it matters is you knock this team out of the playoffs who is going to just use Seattle and them are going to matter for a while. They traded multiple ones and a two for, or they just traded two ones for that guy. It was the Houston that traded two ones and a two for Laramie. They just traded two ones for Jalen. But that's a lot for a team that's not going to the playoffs. When you make that double one pick, I would say anything less than a playoff berth that year is pretty gut-punching, like just shitty. I don't even know if those words all together in a sequence make sense, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, I do. and and I Don't you feel a little good? Like we I, just knocked you guys out of the playoffs and you just traded a 2-1 for that guy? For sure. And who the other who is good? Is like, yeah, he's good, but... We just saw him blow up a situation in Jacksonville. Now, as it turns out, Jacksonville is a situation that should have blown up. Um, but you, I do just wonder, like, he dealt with, they had some adversity in the loss, the issue with Taylor Rapp. And, uh, well, did you I see the thing or you tweeted? I don't think – who did? Well, he didn't tweet it, but it just – His video. I tweeted it. His postgame? Yeah. Yeah, and so my point is, like, kind of like Taylor Taylor Rapp's an organization at a point where it's not everything is – it's not like everything's going great for you guys. And I'm not – from my perspective, I think they're in good shape. If this is your down year, if you're the Rams, that's pretty good. But – so now you've got this guy. You traded two ones for him. Is he going to be on the team in three years when you get a first-round pick again? Or if you guys go 8-8 eight eight again next year, is he just a pain in the ass again? And are you tired of him? Because – I know in Jacksonville, uh, aren't you, like, you kind of stuck with them though? Like what? Well, but yeah, I'm just saying, like it's not the, the the simplest way to say it. You didn't trade two ones for a pristine kind of locker room guy. Yeah, like Khalil. So honestly, that's, yeah. Well, like he's crushing Taylor Rapp. I, isn't there a balance to this? The Niners hit that play and and basically cement the win. Where it's one of the crazier plays of the last like half decade. Jimmy hitting that shot. And it was actually, it preceded a play that was like one of defining Jimmy play so far, the Kendrick Bourne play. Yeah. But when you hit that play and you realize the epic fuck up of Taylor Rapp, but Jalen kind of lollygagged too. The first thought I had is like, is Jalen going to say something after the game? But here, that Taylor Rapp is not like some random guy Haberman they just signed and you're going to have a new safety. They drafted that guy, what, in the second round? Yeah. He's going to be a starter for them for... But those two are going to stand on the same side or move around together for a long time. Like, it's you know more about Taylor Rapp than me. I, I always assume, like, high character, good high player. High high-level guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got to be thinking, this guy's crushing me. And again, where do you fall on Taylor Rapp fucks up? So do you just have to bite the bullet for being a good teammate? Or are you allowed to say, well, I thought he was going to be behind me, and he wasn't? Because he did, remember Reggie Cobb, we used to make fun of the guys going, pointing at other people and... Jalen immediately, <laughs> again, but he's not wrong. Like, where was that guy? Because Kevin Burkhardt has a great call. He's like, Jimmy lets it. He's wide open. Yeah. He sees as he's following the ball yep. in the air. Because uh, you know, when Jimmy lets it fly, your kind of heart drops like, oh, my God, is this going to get picked up? And then when he says, he's got Sanders wide open, you're like, oh, my fucking God. I don't, I don't think a player – in that situation, I didn't have like when you're just stating facts. I guess you could argue you're stating facts, but the way you say things. Uh, but he's can, a little, you know, kind of contentious. It's just his. Yeah, vibe. but my, what I was going to say is that's a situation. Where I, I would let the coach explain that. We just didn't make the play. To me, but whatever. I mean, I, a lot of that is based, I think, on what kind of do you have the relationship where the other guy's like, yeah, what he said was totally accurate. That's exactly what happened on that play. You know, 
Maybe him and Taylor. Like, I, if I were to play devil's advocate, and I'm not actually even, it doesn't even feel authentic, but what if they're tight and it's just like, yeah, no, what he said, that's what happened. Well, I mean, just I put know. yourself I, in Taylor Rapp's situation. Jalen Ramsey is widely considered like a top 10 player in the league, right? And you're just a rookie. So what, what do you, even if you are kind of tight, you're just in a weird spot. Like you just kind of take it no matter what he wants to say. And then if you are friends or even somewhat just kind of like him, he's not wrong. So you really – and defensive guys, I think, handle it typically a little better than offensive guys. Like, yeah, we fucked up. Kind of, my, my thoughts on Jalen Ramsey are not based on what he said postgame, more so just all the stuff we heard coming out of Jacksonville. Now, again, the counter to that would be, well, Jacksonville's an F situation. So well, we'll look, just have to he, let it play out. But the point ultimately He did make is, multiple huge plays in that game. He had a pick. He caused another pick. Yeah. Like, he's – He's a great player. No, but no he also was a part of the play that cost him their season. Yeah, I mean, it was a tie game. They weren't going to the Super Bowl. It was a tie game. That's the other crazy part. You're right. Yeah. It, um, to me, it would have been one thing if they were winning. It just was tie. Yeah, it was just. It was a crazy play. For as many crazy plays that were in the game, that play alone, to me, defined the day. Like that was the defining if, play of the game. Here's a question for you: If he were still on the Jags. What what would happen right now, like this off season? Would he get traded for less, for more, not get traded at all because it's new management? If the Jags, if if Shai, yeah, we I think he'd traded. just get the he'd get like Khalil Mack type, you know, going in his fifth year option, get traded for a couple ones, and probably he'd extend. still get two ones. If he had just done what he's doing, like if the yeah. Rams wanted to trade him this off season, could they get a one for him? Could they yes. get two ones back? Uh, not a one, two ones. I wouldn't say. I'd say it's not a lock. Could they get a one or two is. though? Yes. That. Yeah. Um, what could know, the I, Niners get for George Kittle? Oh my God! How about Ross Dwelly, who's like taking on the Kittle kind of post-play personality? When's the last time, beside like Hernandez and Gronk, you had more faith in like a backup tight end? You're like, oh, Joelly's going to catch that. Like, there was one <laughs> throw. I was like, oh, Joelly's got this. And boom, catches it in midair. You're like, fucking Joelly. The name Joelly just sounds reliable, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, who's Joelly? He's just a backup tight end when we need in goal line situations yeah. or a tough catch when Kittle's got to be a decoy. Honey, honey, welcome home from school. Who's your teacher? Oh, I got Mr. Joelly. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> Is there any doubt in your mind if the Niners cut Dwelly tomorrow, the first couple teams that would be interested would be the Patriots in Seattle? They just feel like a Ross Dwelly plan for them. Yeah, man. If you told me Russ Wilson throws a touchdown to the, the Seattle Seahawks leading uh, receptor in 2021 is Ross Dwelly with 72 catches and 11 touchdowns. Or Jared Stidham and Belichick and Steve Belichick, the co-head coach, Lead an MVP charge with Ross Dwelly catching 93 passes. Dwelly and Disley. That'd be a good combo. <laughs> I can the see other, it. The other guy, I mean, Marcel Harris, He to have that near interception drop, which I watched, I kind of did the rewind on the DVR three or four times when they show the, the angle from the backside and you can see just like, well, you can coming. see two other DBs right there in slow-mo. You can see everybody. You can see there. You can see Bortles almost falls over. Uh, you can see Wade Phil, uh, Wade Phillips. Yeah, Wade Phillips. Well, DC. I don't, I don't know why froze <laughs> on his name. Uh, but you can see all, everybody in slow mo, and then you know catches look easy in slow mo. But then he comes back and makes a huge tackle 
to keep it at a three, what would then it come, turns into a field goal and then, you know, the game's tied. B- big play, and he had the forced fumble on, or he had the fumble uh, on uh, Lamar Jackson. What do you think I mean, the thought, the, the split second thought when a DB is breaking on a ball that is going to be picked as long as they catch it, like in their mind, like this motherfucker's going to the crib. Is that what he's thinking, like as he's running? Or is like, is he thinking super like, just catch the ball, catch the ball, catch the ball, it's coming to you. Or is he thinking just, you're not even thinking, you're just playing. Because I, I was such a bad athlete, I even in pickup football, like, I was never picking I think the off. second before it hits your hands, you think, <laughs> I got this. <Yeah>. Hero. <laughs> I'm getting the sweet parking spot this week. You know, because some yep. teams, like if you, if you get the game ball, you get the parking spot for the week. Yeah, you're right. Game ball. <laughs> Yeah, Marcel definitely. fucking Harris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's because it would have been. I don't know if he scores, but he's definitely getting some yak, right? Because he had some open room to kind of run. Because in something like that, like with Fred Warner's pick six, for example, that's one of those where it happened so fast. I don't even think Fred's thinking about like game ball pick six. Now, once you pick it off, how about Fred Warner when he picks it off? His next five or six steps. Almost hit the ground. Like, he's kind of having to gather himself, and he did. And then he kind of gets himself, and Bosa's right there. That, beside, would you say, the Jimmy play to uh, to Emmanuel Sanders was the play of the game? Fred Warner pick six. Yes. I think they won. I mean, here's breaking news. I think they won the game because of that play. Like, if the he doesn't make pick that, six. Even if he doesn't score a touchdown, are they? Are we sure they, they win the game? They took they took the lead on that play, didn't they? They did. Right. It was what a couple minutes before the half. I mean, I don't know what their record is, guy. I, I tweeted this out last night. When they fall down double digits, now it's you know happened in two games, maybe three. I mean, it's happened in a, the Seattle game. The Saints game and then this game that I maybe one other game, but I don't think so. Double digits, they score on their next drive one hundred percent of the time. Middlecoff analytics right there. I don't even have that verified, but it feels like because do they ever fall down double digits and then go three and out on their next drive? Every time they drive right down the field and score a touchdown, it is because you're like, oh my god, this could get away, but it never does because they just score a touchdown. And then you're like, oh, we're good, we're just down a field goal. <laughs> you know, it's it's. When you watch most football, even like good teams, when they just have their off day, sometimes you, just, you fall down 20. Now, as we've discovered this year, the final score ends up being a four-point game, but you're like, yeah, we kind of got our ass kicked. That, right. that never happens to the Niners. That, the 11-point lead never turns into the 18-point lead. It always just siphons right back to the four-point lead or three-point lead. Every time. It's like clockwork. It's like, oh, they're going to... But but inside, when you're watching it live, you're like, God, are they? Are we sure they're going to move the ball here? And then bang, bang, boom, touchdown. Bang. I know that's, you know, they uh, when they start hitting those screens for 17 yards or a Debo sweep, Debo Samuel sweep play. I mean, he makes some sweet plays too. I I thought we'll get to Jimmy. I thought he was better than his numbers. I, I guess we could talk a little before we get to Jimmy and golf. I thought, you know, what I thought was good. Was Bosa? Yeah, he he. Uh, the other ninety-seven had a tackle before him. I'm I don't remember the guy's name. Fo- his last name is Fox him. or something. Yeah, he Fox, had a sweet, yeah. Guy, he had a sweet sack. You're like, God, well, that guy looks awesome. When it rained, it poured. 
<laughs> for that D-line. Like, they just started busting holes in that offense. Jimmy was holding the ball a little bit, but that's what Jimmy makes plays that way. Um, I was going to give the Rams one thing. Yeah. When you have a good defensive lineman in that uni, you do look pretty sweet. Maybe you just look really fast. I something about that uni because their their skill guys oh, always that, look cool. That specific uniform, yeah. I don't know because you notice like maybe it's just we grew up on the Kurt Warner. Like that's the when I think the Rams good teams. Like that's the first team I think of. Yeah, I don't like the white. I want the black. I want the I want that team's unis back with the yellow. You didn't like their unis? They're fine, but I like the ones that are the ones that like the helmet, the yellow on the helmet, not the white. Do you think McVeigh's a pretty disciplined eater? I'm gonna guess yes. Yeah, like he's not eating too many like shakes and stuff. Protein shakes. <laughs> yeah, I mean like he ain't eating candy and like snacking on stuff. He, he does not hit the Starburst bowl at the secretary's desk. So if you had to guess, like his snack bowl is just like uh, non-salted almonds, garbanzo beans, yeah, something like that. Like God, you're such a so boring. <laughs> and, and it's like nine, nine almonds. <laughs> yeah, not like non-salted cashews. You get the barbecue flavor? Oh, th- there is a little far- Have you ever stopped at that farm stand um, on the way to Davis between Vacaville and Davis? Anyone that's in Northern California? There's I a mean, farm stand there, and they've got, I'm sure that you can get them in a lot of farm stands, but they've got 45 different flavors of flavored like almonds. Game changers. You want espresso? You got espresso almonds. They got, you know. Hot, spicy, chili almonds. They got and everything in between. I mean, they got really sweet ones. They got hot ones. They got spicy ones. They got salty ones. It's fantastic. How much for a bag? Now that I think about it, probably like, I'm guessing eight fifty or something like that. I might be I'd able to, be, that, that might be little, what every everybody in my family's getting for Hanukkah on Monday when I hit that on the drive to Davis. Smart move. Like when I look at Kyle, I just view a guy who's just got good genetics, but his diet is just. Normal person diet. Like, I'm not saying he's unhealthy, but like, if you told me like last night Kyle had like two burgers or and like four beers, I'd believe you. I think McVeigh he definitely drinks a little bit. I've seen him drinking, and I know he's just kind of social. But I think his diet is like compared to Kyle is light years different. Would you agree with that one? Yeah, I would bet Kyle is more just just genetically, like you said, skinny, just naturally skinny. And, and I I would imagine some of his skinniness goes on just a typical day, like tomorrow. Kyle will like kind of come to at like five in the afternoon and be like, Oh my God, I haven't eaten anything all day. You know? <laughs> and you'll just look up at his whiteboard and him and McDaniels and Lufleur's brother. It'll be like, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, what's the movie with Matt Damon and, uh, Robin Williams. Oh, and Aflac, you know, the fucking movie in Boston. Uh, yeah. How do you, you know, like Parker the Carr and Harvard, Yeah, just just a whole whiteboard of just plays against Pete Carroll's defense, and uh, yeah, that's that's Kyle. But it's Good like, if, it, yeah, if you would have given Kyle like a Philly cheesesteak at lunch, he would have eaten it. He just not even thinking about it, you know. Saul Saul is probably Goodwill hunting. Little, yeah, Goodwill, Goodwill hunting. hunting. Saul is probably a little more protein only. Um, what do we think of the night? Like, part of this is just. Watch. I think a big part of the Niners is you watch them and you say, "Can I see this team winning the Super Bowl?" So, did you say that to yourself when you're watching the game on Saturday? Uh, I, I've already had that thought, so it was more just like, "Are they going to pull?" I was just kind of living in the moment in the game. Like I, I've already come to grips with if they're healthy, they can win the Super Bowl. I know. I'm not saying. If, I'm saying if they're this this version, this is as healthy as they get. The one we're watching right now. 
Yeah. I mean, I where I ebb and flow more is like the change of the challenge. Just watching the Saints the last couple weeks, they are, for, to beat them twice, whether it's in Levi's or in New Orleans, going to be a mother. And then, if you're listening to this on Monday, I'm, you do a little scouting. We're putting it out on Monday, aren't we? Yeah. If you're, so you're listening to this on Monday. The Monday night game is... Yeah, I mean, it would if the Niners win or lose, and they win, you know, if, if they lost and had to play an NFC East team, there's a decent chance they're playing the Vikings or the Packers in the second round. So now we've already seen them play the Packers. I think the Vikings are kind of fascinating. Dalvin Cook's missing. I'm just saying, like, I think the Niners can win the Super Bowl. I thought that before the Rams game. It's more just gauging over who they have to play. Like, I I don't look at Seattle the same. They lost fucking Dwayne Brown, their starting left tackle, and Chris Carson. Probably their most important offensive guy, non-quarterback on their team. That's Chris Carson was definitely a thousand-yard runner before today. I mean, it's those are devastating losses. Like I, I don't view Seattle. How does Seattle do it, guy? They're, they're screwed. I, I just seeing Pete Carroll's face on just some of these pictures, you know, still shots of his press conference. I think he looks a little shell shocked. It's so, one thing to lose the game; it's another to lose your players. I think they're going to win too, but I will say this: How have by, like they've been doing it with lesser talent for a while, but they've still had Chris Carson the whole time. No, guy. I know, I know. I'm just saying they've been doing it with less talent already. I mean, he has 1,200 yards Russell and seven Wilson. touchdowns. I mean, that's how do you replace that? How have they replaced all the guys they've replaced over the last? Well, Rashad years? Penny just tore his ACL. Dwayne Brown, like they're. They're missing now multiple starters offensive line. I'm not arguing they. for them. I'm just saying I I, I, I think they've got to the point of just no re- – I think diminishing returns, like they're at that point. Where now it's like – I just know they have Russell Wilson. That's the part that scares me with them. I would tend to – I mean, I don't tend to – I mean, obviously I agree with you there. But yeah. I would say just watching – not all his fault – I'm not even trying to make excuses or not excuses. Today against the Arizona Cardinals, after about the first quarter, I was like, this is a tough game to watch. Just because it, it looked they didn't care. He went 16-31 today for 170 yards and one touchdown. Is, I mean, is Lamar kind of – is that over now? Well, yeah. I mean, I think Lamar's always kind of been the leader, so Russell is going to have to be great to pass him. But, I mean, it's well, – Lamar's probably not going to play this week, and Russell has to play to get in. So Yeah, I – but I'm just over. saying, like, it probably was already over. Yeah, I would tend to agree. So, I, you know, they they played a playoff-level team on Saturday. 100%. And I mean, the, the Rams would easily be a playoff team if they were in the AFC. <laughs> easily. I, I actually came away pretty impressed with the Rams. Yeah. Just, I mean, Jared Goff is clearly not a scrub. And sometimes, myself included, again, I always preface it by saying I like him as a player. But sometimes you can watch him and he can just, you know, look weird. I thought yesterday, I'm sure in front of his family, right, he was he was top-notch. He, w- he made a couple throws that just made you go kind of gasp, like, Jesus, what a dime. And he kept stacking them up. That was the crazy part, is it was one after the other after the other. Uh, even the throw that probably doesn't get his first touchdown throw, which was just kind of rolling to his left, back across his body. It was probably 11th on the list of great throws he made. On he had another on a, on a boot where he lobbed one over to Robert Woods for a first down that was an unreal throw. Mm. 
he just made Robert a lot Woods of just fell down and got back, caught the ball as he's getting back up. How do you the, think my uh, when I said in a draft room that I think Robert Woods can be the next Reggie Wayne? It quite hasn't been Reggie Wayne, but he's been pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't you? You you were. You'd be happy if he was on your team. No one would be like, Middlecoff, you told me he was going to be Reggie Wayne, and he's just Robert Woods. Be like, like hey, if I told you this offseason. Remember when you stood on the table for Robert Woods? If I told you this offseason the Niners acquired Robert Woods, that would be a big-time positive, right? Yeah. He's he, a player. I, I rewound that I've always, I've always liked him just because I met him when he was in college. He's just oh, a good okay. guy. So, so you admit that was a slight Well, n- no. I, th- I oh, thought, okay. in, I mean, when he was at USC, check the numbers. He was a star. Um. He actually, the ball was in the air on that play already when he fell down. He didn't, he was standing when Goff threw the ball. He fell, got back up, and still caught it. Um, Charles Davis said at the beginning of the broadcast, you know, Goff plays really good here near his home in front of his family. And I was like, does he? Like, not that, not that I was skeptical. I just was curious. Was that just an off the cuff kind of comment or, did he really know? Uh, but he was right. I mean, he, I, I, like I told you today, I think when it comes to Jared, and, I, and I'm at this point with Jimmy as well, we just talk about them kind of going head to head. I think they're both good. Who's, we can argue about who's better, no doubt, but I, I'm not doing the thing where I reevaluate them every week, and we've, we're well past this point with Jimmy. But with Jared, where it's like, oh, did you see he was, he was 13 at, 35 today, blah, blah, blah. I just know he that was a – I've seen him in huge games. I know the Super Bowl wasn't great. I know the first half of that Saints game in the playoffs wasn't great. But I've seen him – I've just seen him make the plays that he made that I just know a lot of guys don't stack those bricks, like you like to say. Just stack those throws. Uh, is that is that what the saying is, your th- you're saying? Something like that? Probably, yeah. Like stack them. So, yeah. I got one red flag on this team right now, the Niners is one thing they've struggled to do is your game plan is not always going to work, right? You come in with a – and I'm talking specifically defense. When you come in with a defensive game plan of how to attack an offense, you know, like with Lamar, their defensive game plan was to take out the running back and then the the linebacker would scrape over and try to come catch Lamar. It failed, and they had to adjust. Whatever they had a game plan – and. I don't even know if there is a game plan. They run boots, the Rams. this The Niners do. It's all the same fucking offense. You run boots. So there are just some basic principles as the backside defensive end to not just, you got to place contain. That's just part of your job. I've been in this defense, or at least the front of this defense, with Jim Washburn, who runs the wide nine. The way they coach the wide nine, and this Chris Kasurik, I always mess up his name, Kasurik, who's an unreal coach, who's Jim, who's, the 39, 42, however old the guy is, version of Jim Washburn. Learn from him. At his right hand man in Detroit. They teach get up the field and you stop for nobody. <laughs> you run. You see ball, you see quarterback, you see offensive players, you chase. It's very susceptible to that. And you can see McVeigh came in with his game plan. It's one thing, you know, if it happens on the first drive. Two, my two big philosophical beliefs after this season have been, I don't make that much of a team if they score a touchdown on first drive. They should. Yeah. And final scores don't aren't usually indicative sometimes of games in the NFL. Now, a tight score like the Niners, that score of that game, it was a tight game. 
But there are a lot of games today, I bet, that were a one-score game where if you really kind of dove into it, you're like, yeah, it was, they were up double digits the whole time. But they have to be able to do this for them to win the, to make the Super Bowl. So that means win playoff games. And even win this game against Seattle. They have to adjust faster on defense. Because they go into halftime and they adjust well. They did it against the Ravens. They did it Sunday against the Rams. And I think they allowed six points against the Rams. They went to the Ravens. They only allowed the three points with the game-winning field goal. They do a good job of that. They have to be able to adjust like in the first quarter after a couple drives. Because when you're playing Breeze, when you're playing Aaron Rodgers, th- these games aren't going to be, what was the final score of this game yesterday? 34-31. to 31. There's a decent chance they don't play in a playoff game with over 30 points. So if you give up two touchdowns in the first quarter and the final and you lose 28 to 21, like it's you can't afford to just give up free touchdowns. I'm not necessarily just talking about the first drive, but what you see they do on the first drive and then if they're doing it again on the second drive, you got to be able to throw a different fucking pitch quicker. They they have waited too long and they were getting smoked the whole first half. I'm screaming at my television like stop running, but I but having been around Washburn, that's their philosophy. All gas, just, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. The problem is you got to be able to put your foot on the brake occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. And, and you know what they did? In the second half, they did. Because Kyle comes over like, no, this isn't fucking change. Where it's hard in the, in the middle of a game. I, I don't understand, but it's just they, they got to adjust faster. Or it's going to cost them a Super Bowl berth. Or the Super Bowl. Or a fucking second round playoff game. Or whatever. They're just... They're giving up too many points early in these games just because they're not making... Uh, it's just, I'm just talking a subtle adjustment. And, and in the second half, do you know the only thing that changed? Armstead just didn't chase. He just kind of stood there. And then what happened? When they would run it, Goff would be screwed. Because if, if you don't chase, it ruins the play. Now, he still may get a completion if he gets rid of it, but he's going to have a split second. Instead of the merry, you know, oh, I got my bootleg, I got some time, oh, there's Robert, oh, oh fuck it, I'll throw it to Higby, you know, oh, I got Higby, I got Gurley, which one do I want, I'll throw it to him. and it's just like, Jesus Christ, J- Jared Goff is so good that, uh, I mean, good enough that those plays are gonna, he's gonna be 98% on passes where he's rolling and no one's around him, this is the National Football League, in, in the playoffs, Breeze, Rodgers, Russ, Kirk Cousins, those guys will not miss those passes. And you're going to play like LaFleur, Minnesota, and, Def- and Russ. They're, they're, they're going to run those plays, those boot actions. All gas, no brakes. I mean, let's let's work on tapping the brakes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they got no brakes. I, I, Mike Ewing, I remember driving with him the to school. Ford Taurus. Yeah, and we would play the game. We're just going to hit every green light. And he wasn't going to touch the brakes. And, you know, from El Macero to Davis High School, if you took Mace, you know, you had about, at the time, they might have added a couple lights since. I mean, a good six lights before you hit the high school. Maybe maybe like seven. We did it a couple times. And this was before cameras and stuff, so you could just fly right through. Right. Yeah, that uh, somebody asked me if I ever participated in that. I said, no, I stayed out of that. I, may, I mean, a couple times, but... To do it every day. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't that. an everyday thing. It's just, <laughs> there's, there's a reason you could leave, you know, your house at 731 and easily be at first period by 745. <laughs> Hashtag all gas, no brakes. Hit the eatery on the way in. Again, I, I am pro being aggressive with the defensive line. You, you think I'm crazy to think that they got to 
slightly no, adjust I don't a think little you're crazy. I just don't. I, I, I mean, like, I, I don't really know what to say other than, like, what are they just not trying to adjust? I don't. I think that they just stick nothing? with their. I just think they stick with their so, game plan a couple more series too long instead of. I'm a big believer. Game plan doesn't work. Like past the second drive, fucking throw it in the trash. It's hard. You spent three sleepless nights, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You watched all this tape. You did all this practicing. You did all this texting with your guys. It sucks, but that's just the nature of the beast. More on defense than offense. Offense is just easier to just kind of subtly adjust. Defense is like you don't really know what's coming. But I I think twice now they could have just thrown some shit out and just... This one's an easy one because it's pretty basic. Like you don't need to... Football one-on-one. Like, if they're going to run the boot, which guy, I, I didn't chart it, but what would you say the first four drives from the Rams? Boot every fucking play. Every play. It was every play. Yeah. Rolling right, rolling left, rolling left, rolling left, rolling right. Roll, it was crazy. And just boom, 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 bang, touchdown. Boom, 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 bang, touchdown. And I just know, like, LaFleur and Zimmer's guy, they run the same scheme. And Russ, they'll boot Russ all day. Now, I mean, are you going to trust... When Pete is playing Haverman at running back, the play fake, maybe not. So maybe you'll just stay with Russ. But it will definitely matter in the playoffs. Because if I was Sean Payton, I don't just thinking off the top of my head watching them, I don't think that's a huge part of their offense, right? Rolling Drew, Drew out, mm-hmm. it's more just sitting in the middle. Wouldn't they implement that if they think they can get some easy completions? Yeah. I mean, I think Drew is just Drew usually gets rid of the ball so fast. You're right. They, they do... Uh, I've just watching them. They got a little, and this is not trying to diminish their accomplishments, but they do have a little, uh, you know, air raid to their offense. It's just yeah. four or five wide. They got, you know, at any moment, they got three different guys that can throw the ball. They got like seven tight ends flexed out. They're also wide receivers. I mean, they just, you can throw it to anybody. Their offense is a little more unique than. Because wouldn't you say all the other offenses are? Let's say they lose to Seattle and you got to play Wentz. Do you think they'd roll out Wentz in that those plays? Fuck yeah! I'm not worried about Wentz, and the Eagles. See, I, I I think you guys are. I got a lot of people tweeting at me when I tweeted last week. Like I, I think that now again, I don't think the Niners are gonna be in this position because they're gonna beat a bad Seattle team that's all banged up. But nice throw, Mitch. I they, like Wentz. You know, I like Wentz. I just think that place is crazy. They got a good coach. It could just be a tougher game than than it should be. Because if, um, if, if I say that the Niners, no, I, I'm not the Niners lose this game, walk off field goal, they're playing the Eagles. What are they? A touchdown favorite? Yeah, I'm not saying it would be easy. I'm just saying it would take more than than just uh, some defensive adjustments to lose that football. What, what would game. you I guess the line would really be? Bad. Ten? No. Seven and a half? Eight six. and a half. It'd be big. Yeah. At one point in time, I don't know, someone texted me this, that they think that local games in a situation like we had today where they can pick and choose the Fox game, that a local exec picks the game, like they pick Seattle. Because obviously nationally they would put the Cowboys on in every market if they could, right? So like the local Cron guy picks Seattle, Arizona. I don't know if that's true or not. But that's insane. I I was just not happy about not getting Cowboys-Eagles today.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.